You win this battle, man, I soon be dead. I'll glue your face to my dick so I can fuck with your head. I got metaphors coming through my pores. You've probably never been in a battle before, so I hope you realize your mistake. There ain't no party cast of candles, this won't be a piece of cake. Please Ooh. Please get an extra minute in. We get an extra minute in, folks. Welcome to the Four Hours Podcast, an internet radio phenomenon hosted by an occasional morning person. I ask the most interesting people I know about their sleep, their routine, life, love, stress, and setbacks. If you want to write to the podcast, you may do so. We are at the Before Hours Podcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your morning routine. But for now, comedian, fellow podcaster, and I'm going to go ahead and say good friend, Dan Pozella. How are you doing, Dan? Good to see you, Bobby. Good to Thanks see for you, having dude. me. Good friend. I'd agree. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. I was a little anxious about that as I was saying, and I'm like, are we are we good friends or nay, great friends? I because I feel the way about you, and I hope you feel the way about me. But if I'm on a lineup mm -hmm. uh, and I see you, yeah, or I see like I see that you're on the lineup, or I see you at the show, I'm like, okay, this is somebody I can talk to mm -hmm. for like 30 minutes about uh, Civil War history. About the Civil War, dude. There's mm -hmm. so few of us. Just got in the book. I'm re the book you recommended. Mm -hmm. Just got to Gettysburg Address. Ooh, I was reading it on the way here hell yeah yeah and i was like wow this is great is it doris kearns goodwin's uh, uh team of rivals yeah team of rivals it's a amazing book guys turn off this podcast right now start reading it start reading we'll see it. you in six months yeah dude, it's, you finish it. <laughs> but you and i are, have also been reading the robert caro lbj book correct which and how far are you into that i finished all four of them? Yeah, that was like my last year. Okay, so for those listening, which is almost everyone besides you and me, <laughs> <laughs> that is an amazing feat because Robert Caro, or Caro, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to say his name, mm -hmm. but he he loves writing long, upsettingly long biographies yeah. about terrible people. Mm -hmm. He has one about Robert Moses. Mm -hmm. He has one about LBJ. Now, I, res I don't know much about Robert Moses. I respect LBJ, but I'm halfway through the first volume. Mm -hmm. So we covered from, you know, when he was born. And to what his grandparents, <laughs> the life of his all four grandparents. Okay, so you and I <laughs> talked about this off mic. I was complaining to you because yeah. it moves slowly. Yes, it does. And I, I do like history and I do like reading, but I am kind of, I have... Yeah. A brain where things need to be happening. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah, he I mean, he does a very good job of setting up. Yeah. Uh, this is and you don't even you don't know it's set up. Mm -hmm. You're like, what the f why is he talking about? Mm -hmm. And we were saying that. Why is he talking about the dirt in East and West <laughs> Texas? Why is he talking about the dirt? He goes on about the dirt for so long. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, now no spoilers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's a reason that he's talking about dirt. There's a reason he talks about dirt. But when I find out the reason, I'm like, OK, I get it. And then like a chapter later, he's like, I just want to remind you about the dirt. <laughs> I'm like, Robert, please. I actually appreciate his style of how much he repeats shit uh -huh. because I'm like, oh, yeah, I did forget. I did forget that. What the, the girl, whoever the author that mm -hmm. I'm reading now, I'm. What's her name? Doris Kearns Goodwin. Doris Kearns Goodwin. I'll read she, everything she writes. She'll do it. She'll do it again as like, just as a reminder, this mm -hmm. person is the type of guy who does this mm -hmm. just as a reminder. And like, I like, uh, I like the repetition and I could see how it'd be like kind of um, off-putting occasionally, but with a thing that's that dense, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, good. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Because they're all just white guys. They're all, they're white all just like white guys. Horrible with diversity yeah. in these books. And they're like, this is, and they try. They're like, this is a tall white guy. This mm -hmm. white guy was short. <laughs> like, but they all, there's like completely indistinguishable. Yeah. Uh, different white guys, mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately. And uh, I will say William Seward, quite 
a unique white guy. He's about five foot six. He has bright red hair and he's from the Hudson Valley, New York. Oh. And I think that's a making of a great guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> me, folks. You're on your way to the That's me. State. Me me, and Seward have so much in common. The height, the hair, the location. And we're both, I'm going to go ahead and say it, anti-slavery. Oh, yeah. that was, that's a brave stance. Yeah. Thank, yeah you know what? Yeah. If you're pro-slavery... You could keep listening. I need all of the listeners, but yeah. I th- please know but that. Just I don't know that you're not welcome. You yeah. stay, mm-hmm. but you're not welcome. But yeah. stay. Your money's no good here unless you like <laughs> pay. My, my Cash App is <laughs> is connected to the Spotify as is my Venmo. Please, guys, I do not want to go back to doing cold call sales. <laughs> Hate cold call sales. Yeah, it's the worst. And they don't tell you. Well, I, I had a brother. I have a brother uh, who did. Cold I was going to ask that something happened. <laughs> no, but like, especially in New York, like the pace of cold calls. I'm sure it's the same everywhere mm-hmm. nowadays. But like, he got into it, and the horror stories of like, you know, uh, all the all the different things you can do, uh, fake dials. Oh yeah, like an, uh he he had a number that he knew always went to voicemail, mm-hmm. and so he if he needed dials, he would call that one. That so it would like show up as like. I just got, I'm just going to, I need two more calls. I'm just going to call that place twice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I heard a story of a, uh, but one of his friends who got hung up on, uh, he thought he got hung up on and goes like, oh, fucking bitch. And she hadn't hung up. Oh, no. And so that was like, he got fired after that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can imagine. But this frustration with cold call sales. I mm-hmm. mean, you're, the amount of uh, rejection is like, mm-hmm. I can't, I feel terrible. I would never be able to do it. I, don't I know. always think of like, if you're in prison. Yeah. I've never been to prison, mm-hmm. but I always think of the relationship between the prisoner and the guard. Yeah, because neither one of them, their lives didn't turn out the way that they thought it would. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's an uncomfortable situation for everybody. Yes, understatement of the century. So, yeah. in a way, but call also call not sales. at all. Call call sales. <laughs> it's like being a prison. Well, the, I guess the person you're calling is the prisoner because they get the worst end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you're like the prison guard. You're like, listen, I'm not excited about it either, but I need to pay the rent. Yes. Yeah, I can't. Um, I can't put myself into sales. Mm-hmm. I, I would, yeah, just lying. Not like that. I can't lie. I can definitely lie. But mm-hmm. sales was. I'm happy that I. I was able to make money without sales because I don't think I'd have been able to do it. Make a living off of sales, like I don't think I believe in anything enough to sell it. Yeah, I w- I think the thing that I believed in was uh, to keep living in New York City. Mm-hmm. That's what really kept me not starving. Yeah. Not starving. I'm I'm not excited about software sales. I am excited about food. Yeah, that excites me. <laughs> yeah, there there's this weird thing too because my uh, uh my boss uh. Well, the whole company was very into in-office culture. Oh, brutal. And so... or But good, or maybe it works. But it, I, I hear that, and I'm like, oh, God, I would be the guy who's like, yeah, I got to run. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys, I can't do the icebreaker that you spent fucking $5,000 on. Like, I'm not I'm not doing that. Well, I, you know what it was interesting is they didn't have any of those, like, forced fun things. Okay, so good. they were like, "We're it's really important to us that we have an in-office culture. And then the in-office culture was uh, complete silence from nine to six. Oh. Just sitting in your little yeah. open office space with people that are are mostly annoying. Yes. And yeah, no and repetitive and they don't know that they're the worst. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. People who are just like, uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I feel I think I kind of feel differently about small talk, like mm-hmm. because getting like early career, you're like, oh, my God, small talk is like the fuck. I cannot believe everybody's reading from a script. It, yeah, it feels like. And now I'm kind of just like, if you can get 
if you can eke out some human connection in that, like, I don't feel as like, I mean, I used to be like puritanical of like, no small talk. No like, small let's talk, talk. Let's get into the, and then I, what topics would you even discuss? Like from the jump, like, I don't know what I was just, but now I feel better about small talk. I'm like, yeah, go for it. If you need, if talking about the weather mm-hmm. is something that makes you like a little happier, mm-hmm. then go for it. Well, it's, it's almost like, uh, um, you meet someone, you have no idea, uh, where they stand politically, mm-hmm. you don't know if they are having a good time or bad time that day or in general. Yeah. So there's a lot of th- topics you can't breach right away, and I feel like talking about the weather is a way of being like, "Hey, we're uh, we're not adversaries." Yeah. <laughs> it's basically it's, over and over being like, "I like you. It's gonna be fine." It's just the uh, the Roman handshake of like, "I'm not holding weapons." Yes. That's why we. That's why we grab you grab the wrist because it's like, "Hey, I, I got I got nothing on me." But it, just over and over again. I there used to be this meme. I think back when like Facebook was more uh, the thing, and it would be a thing that like uh, girls mostly shared. Mm-hmm. A certain type of girl that would share like, "Skip the small talk. I want to talk about." Uh, uh, science i want to talk about history i want to talk about sex i want to talk about politics and i'm like really you want to get into an elevator with me and i go (laughs) hey what's your favorite position yeah political position yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) no no i meant political position which is also Mm -hmm. probably just Mm -hmm. as like uh i'm I'm an abortion moderate Mm. like that's just the worst. Like, what are you? I'm a moderate on abortion. Like, that doesn't exist. What are you talking about? That is true. That's one where you do kind of have to pick a side. Although I know um, because I grew up Catholic, but most of my family are liberals. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, if you ask most of them, they would say you shouldn't get an abortion, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't be illegal. Yeah. And that's probably the moderate position if there I, is one. Yeah. And that that's kind of a, it just doesn't exist online. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's silent majority shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it's a pretty reasonable position. The th- yeah. People are super loud online. And my favorite thing to watch is because there's comedi- comedians and- uh, That was put- something I didn't see, for the not to interrupt you, but like the mm-hmm. Israel Hamas, like, mm-hmm. and I know that this is kind of like hack, but I was like- so damn, really a lot of people feel super strongly about this. Mm-hmm. Not to say that like, oh, I didn't know that, but I was like mm-hmm. the the amount of people and people who are like not super educated just like mm-hmm. jumping in on it. Yeah. The amount of like famous comedians who are just like uh-huh. dunking on themselves. Yeah. Like it's like Jesus fucking the Christ. The tweet dude. and then the apology tweet 24 hours later. Yeah. It's so funny. I was like, why are you gonna like who is shooting from the hip mm-hmm. that quick i was like what a what an avoidable Mm -hmm. pr um gaff to like it's so avoidable Mm -hmm. just like don't say anything for a little Mm -hmm. collect your thoughts and then say Mm -hmm. the thing but i was i was really amazed i was like these are some really uh bad decisions (laughs) like taking this strong of a stance on that side Uh or this i was just like just watching kramer but on Instagram. Yeah, everybody's doing the Kramer. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess it's everybody's Kramering themselves. It's like, dude, you could have just not said, you could have had the same anger and just not like mm-hmm. said a slur and it probably would have been fine. It's uh, Kramering is a very yeah, funny way. Yeah, they Everybody just watching like, dude, get like, that's not it. <laughs> like mm. there's no, I'm, I don't know if there's a correct way to handle the situation, mm-hmm. but that is certainly Mm-hmm. Certainly not it. That's the worst way to handle the situation. It's like that old uh, Chappelle bit where he talks about, um, for those that don't know, uh, Kramer 
the well, the actor that played him, Michael Richards, was mm-hmm. never a stand-up. Is that true? He was he was an was... improv acting guy. Oh god. And then yeah, Seinfeld's over. He's like, maybe I'll fill a theater full of people and try an hour of stand-up. Okay. So he like as people that do stand-up, we know that's so hard. Yes. You know, I've been doing it years. I just did my first half hour. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? So for him to be like, well, people know me as the guy that walks in a room whimsically. Yeah. That could, could that translate to two and a half <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah. He clearly never thought. I thought it was, I thought he was like, oh, getting back to his roots. Mm-hmm. That was how I interpreted the the Kramer. Clip. And, and you know what it is, is like, um, like Chappelle had that bit of, he said, when I watched Kramer have a racist meltdown because that's what happened. He was like bombing, and I guess a table of people who were black were heckling him. So he yeah. just he legitimately like called them the n-word over and over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. And Chappelle describes watching this and he goes, It made me realize I'm uh 20% black and 80% comedian. Because yeah. at first I was furious, but then I was like, Man, he's having a bad set. Yeah. Come on, Kramer, you could do it. You yeah. can win it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look at it and you're because like that's the issue with comedians even like israel palestine Mm. like i am kind of looking at it from like uh you know obviously i don't have anybody involved in the you know like whatever my demographic breakdown i don't really Mm -hmm. there's humanitarian concerns like obviously Mm -hmm. um but i like looking at that and just being like yeah just see, like it's kind of all professional wrestling mm-hmm. and comedians know that life is professional wrestling yeah. <laughs> that's the biggest issue like it's like oh my god can you believe undertaker <laughs> choke slammed his brother and it's like oh my god it's netanyahu with the chair yeah 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 it's like he has to say like he has to the reason netanyahu is saying that is to appeal to his bait like mm-hmm. so it's all like mm-hmm. that i think comedians see a lot of life as like professional wrestling and yeah. even that is just like it's just look at Kramer and being like, oh, God, he really fucked up that move. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like, There's but, even a part at the end where uh, I think he he must have. I, I think he was like, oh, fuck. So he yeah. at the end he's like some words, some words, oh, ooh, ooh, <laughs> it's like, no, you're not. You're not being Carlin right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> some words. You can't, you can't say some words. Yeah. Like, that's right. That's right, Kramer. No, you can't. <laughs> I never thought about that. He's like, I'm going to Carlin this. I got to Carlin my way out of this. I accidentally. He did the equivalent of just like hitting himself in the balls with a steel chair. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, mm-hmm. I got to gotta do another move to get out of it like and i think one of the most unintentionally funny things in the world is oh i think it was leno mm-hmm. where it, it was one where of those Seinfeld shows is like hey guys my friend kramer's here to apologize <laughs> and then by the way kramer kept saying afro-american yeah and i oh, i was funny. thinking i'm like he's not old enough to say that <laughs> you know what i mean yeah that's a phrase that was like maybe civil rights maybe civil. like i mean uh, i remember my grandpa saying colored but at at like by the time i was like an adolescent he had cha- he had updated to the to black yeah 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 you know so I don't even, think, yeah where was afro-american in the trajectory of like acceptable i think terms? it's actually somewhere between colored and black yeah it's gotta be yeah 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 we'll yeah. get we'll figure it out yeah. i think us two can get to <laughs> like if there's anybody who could figure out what the correct terms mm-hmm. for african-americans is it's, it's yeah. us for sure mm-hmm. there's even this weird thing because we're both reading these books about lincoln and about lbj and yeah. of course the vernacular for both of those time periods for a black bad. person pretty bad yeah <laughs> well i was gonna say like the the polite thing to say was negro nobody 
clipped that. <laughs> no one clipped that. But even reading it silently to yourself on the train makes me feel weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading <laughs> books about uh, the Civil War mm -hmm. on the train is a weird experience because it's like you just kind of like hope that your page is not like full of, you mm -hmm. know, like just any of the terms that were thrown around during that time. Dude, I had um, and I, I apologies if I've told this story on the podcast before. I believe I may have, mm -hmm. but. It's worth repeating. I remember in sixth grade, we read, um, uh, oh, w the Lenny and the Rabbits of Mice and Men. Okay. Uh, we were reading of Mice and Men, and not often, but at some point, the N-word is thrown around a little bit. Yeah. And we were doing the thing where we were, uh, we were reading the book, like, paragraph by paragraph, like, it would be your turn and then yeah, my yeah. turn, and we're going down a line, and I notice, I'm, like, skipping ahead, and I'm like, oh, there's an N-word in here. Yeah. And we're in sixth grade. I think people don't give sixth graders enough credit. We all understood. Mm -hmm. You know, like our teacher did like pause and be like, okay, here's the thing. And I felt the whole room be like, no, 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 we know. Yeah. We, we're, we're Americans and yeah, yeah, yeah. have coming to terms with our history and stuff. So um, he was like, I'll read the paragraphs that have the N-word in them. The teacher was <laughs> like, I'll do it. <laughs> But then there was, I, and I, I wish I could remember her first and last name so I could say it on the podcast, yeah. but one of my classmates in sixth grade was like, I'll do it. That I'll read it. Out. That's insane. It was so, and I, even at the time, I knew that her vibe, she was teacher's pet, yeah, yeah, and her yeah. vibe was like, well, I'm very mature, mm -hmm. and I know that yeah. in context, yeah. it's okay to read. <laughs> and I'm like, but that's weird that's energy. such an insane thing to volunteer <laughs> for. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. an outrageous thing to say. Mm -hmm. So actually, have of mice and men with me now, um, <laughs> and we're just gonna uh, <laughs> go back and forth reading paragraph and paragraph. The fact that that's how we spent like an hour of school time is reading. Mm -hmm. Like now, as an adult, I understand that my teacher was probably just some guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. And he was like, I don't know. I guess we'll read the book. Yeah, dude, how much time does that kill? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you look at like teaching is like trying to fill, you got to fill 45 minutes every day mm -hmm. or like an hour every day. Mm -hmm. That is reading. Yeah, especially fifth grade too. It's just like reading time. Yeah. That's hour. That's like, that's a good lesson plan. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think you need to, we need to like, I need to go back into my memory and be like, what was the teachers just killing time? Yeah. Like, cause there's, I mean, movies and stuff and, but reading aloud that, that eats up. 15 30 minutes every day and like, i hated it i was always one of those kids that like counted which paragraph mm -hmm. was mine yeah practice it see if there's any big words <laughs> start you know three paragraphs ahead i'm starting to clear my throat yeah it's wild to put people on this i never had like that i would get like excited for it and i think that was like early like get given presentations revs me up mm -hmm. in the way and like look now as a comedian looking back on it, it's like, oh, that could have been a sign that I mm -hmm. was like starving to like have my words heard. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I was I always got off on that. I would be like, Yeah, here we go. Like that was like an energizing uh thing for me. It's it, it's interesting how uh people's uh relationship with uh, public speaking because I remember in high school we each had to do like a book report in front of the class and yeah. one of the like cockiest he kind of had a Jersey Shore vibe mm -hmm. uh, for him. We're kind of from the same area. I'm from yeah, Hudson yeah, Valley, yeah. from Jersey. He had like the spiked hair, mm -hmm. uh, like a nice car. There's rumors that his dad was in the mafia. And yeah. uh, he was so like, he's such a big personality. And when he had to go in front of the class and do a book report, visibly terrified. Yeah. And I found that fascinating. Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
just one small change in the context and he's like shaking and shy yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. I remember uh, Homeroom uh, my senior year because there was a kid who was not funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this goes back to me being like puritanical about like comedy mm-hmm. and uh, having no, I have to get better at it, but like just being judgmental about, mm-hmm. um, you know, fucking unfunny people. Yeah. And this kid would come in and it was like, we got to school at homeroom was at 720 AM. Mm-hmm. Like get in your seat by 720 AM. And I was always sleeping. Like waking up is really fucking hard for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's you know different for other people, but my wife is up and has a cup of coffee before I am like even, you know, functioning. Mm-hmm. So this kid, uh, Joe, he used to come in and our homeroom teacher was cool. We knew he was like known as the coolest teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this kid would come in and just be like, Hey, like the teacher's name was Doc Cat. He's like, oh, Doc Cat, you know, like it was an all guys school. So he'd make like homophobic jokes. Like, mm-hmm. this. so this kid is just like, he would just get in every day and just be like, oh, you know, like fucking, I'm drawing penises on the desks. Wow. Like all this like stuff that private boys' school mm-hmm. was supposed to Do you think, think he's like available funny. to be a guest on the podcast? Dude, I, I'd be interested to see if he has overdosed on opiates. Because that was <laughs> a lot of, a lot of people. <laughs> In my class. Yep, same. The ones who burn the brightest <laughs> mm-hmm. burn, like, need, gotta mm-hmm. hold the opiates quicker than the rest yeah, of them. Yeah, they burn spoons after yeah. burning the brightest. Uh, and one day, I, I literally told him, I was like, he, he comes in and he's like, and it's dead silent except for him. And this is for the whole year. Is mm-hmm. Joe would come in and be mm-hmm. like, hey, Doc Cat, uh, yeah, you know, what's the fucking, you're gonna like touch me or something? Like, yeah. And I was finally like, dude, it's, this is not an open mic. Not mm-hmm. no, even knowing what an open mic is. Mm-hmm. I was like, I said the words like open mic. I was like, it's not funny. Like you need to shut up because the rest of us are like, all, like we're tired. I was just like, stop fucking performing. He's like, mm-hmm. what? Come on, man. You can't take a joke. Like, and he like brushes it off. And I think it might've changed his behavior a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then the teacher came up to me afterwards. He's like, thank you for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> he, you were absolutely right. I could have, he was like, I couldn't jump in because mm-hmm. I'm, I can't like, but he was like that you were correct. He's, mm-hmm. he's really insufferable. Like, and I, I don't know how to deal with him. I, yeah, I good for you, dude. I would think like but after that, I was like shaking. Cause like that was like public speaking and presenting, yeah. and, like, <laughs> but I felt so strongly about it that uh-huh. I was just, I don't know what about comedy is just like I need like I need to get my opinions out on like you're not you think you're funny you're not funny it's yeah just, it's a wild yeah uh, and confrontation impulse. is th- that's the other element too at least for me it would have yeah. been like I hate being confrontational oh it takes a lot to to get me to confrontation and mm-hmm. it's happened a couple times at weirdly a trigger for me was sports events where my brothers were playing mm-hmm. I would get into it with fans of other teams okay watching the game like there was there was one time this guy was like the my brother's team was losing and i'm in the fam i'm in the stands with my family Mm -hmm. and this guy starts filming us and i thought he was filming us as like we're fucking losers and i stood up over him with my camera and just like passive aggressive like just stood over him like filming him Uh uh and then i left and every my mom was like just so you know that was actually one of our parents (laughs) who was taking pictures of the fun game. Hell yeah. And dude. I was just like, oh, I didn't. <laughs> like, I totally misinterpreted Fuck, that. I look like a crazy person. I did, that happened to me like two or three times, like misunderstandings where I was just like, God, you're fuck Like, mm-hmm. you're, I don't know if it's like family or honor or mm-hmm. like something like that. But that was, that, it happened enough times where I was like, this is a pattern. Yeah. I need to chill when like, and it's so specific. It doesn't happen anymore. But mm-hmm. like, if my brothers are playing sports and I'm in the stands, I need to like, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clearly check how I'm handling myself. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, that guy has like such a great story to tell. Yeah, I was like, one time I just took pictures of this family. This guy just came over and fucking filmed me. Like I was a child. He was a high schooler. I, I really um those confrontations, like uh, you know, people being Karen's or whatever, mm-hmm. like that 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 whole phenomenon. Uh well, it all stresses me out, but the part that I do find kind of humorous is when someone's filming and then the other person was, and they were like, well, I'm filming you too. And I'm like, can the fucking asteroid just come here already? Yeah. 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 Jesus. Well, it's weaponizing recorded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's a, uh, it's a wild. I act as if someone can be recording me at all times. Yeah. I have this thing where, um, uh, well, when I do want to talk shit about somebody, and I'm in a public place. This mm-hmm. is how fucking paranoid I am. Yeah. I will literally do the over the shoulder to make sure that that specific person is not behind me as if that is something that could happen. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. And my wife feels differently about it. Okay. Comedy. Mm-hmm. We need to talk shit mm-hmm. about other comedians, about other bookers, about like... uh it is a coping mechanism. And it's also kind of like in the same way that monkeys uh, pick bugs off of the other monkeys. Yeah. And if the other monkey doesn't have bugs, they'll mm-hmm. just still pretend to do it because mm-hmm. that's like the, I think, I guess it's like they're like small talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like that is community building mm-hmm. of like, I played ping pong the other day with like 10 other comedians. Yeah. And it immediately, from the jump, we had an inside joke about a comedian who we didn't think was funny. And mm-hmm. then the other person's like, no, they are funny. And then it, it just then that became the bit as we just kept referencing how this comedian is not funny. Yeah. Uh, Say some, their first and last name. Uh, no, never. Um, but something about the pursuit and just the weird fucking like that person got that and this like it 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 needs addressing mm-hmm. and it needs to be complained about in a productive way. You can't let it consume you because there are I do there are comedians. But you can't I say know. nothing. Yeah. You can't just be like. Yeah, I guess that like because that's not a fun hang. The p- politicking, the person yeah. you could feel politicking. Like mm-hmm. I don't want you know doing the whole LBJ thing, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that yeah, because that's. But I guess silence is probably like. And then there's also like morality and mm-hmm. you know being nice. To, you know, thou shalt not whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but my wife is like she hung around. It was like a, it was a Jeff trip. We went down to Tennessee. And Jeff I brought, Greenspan. Shout out to Jeff Greenspan. And, and I brought my wife and I was just like, this is going to be funny. And she was like, this is going to be funny. And then mm-hmm. we there were a bunch of comedians there who we didn't know were going to be there. But by day two, she was like, you guys, bitch, almost nonstop. <laughs> and I was kind of like, I guess we do. But yeah. she I'm I'm of the position like it serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. It doesn't in your world. And in our world, we are treated like shit very often forgotten about um you know like touched in the back of a bus yeah touched in the back of a bus uh to completion uh touch, and that's confusing touch to completion it's <laughs> the name of my memoir touch to completion <laughs> it sounds terrible yeah um but that is my argument and why so many comedians do talk shit it's like i think it serves a social purpose i mm-hmm. think you can go too far that happened very recently where we i was on a road trip uh, it was like the like four comedians doing the uh, you know we got booked on a show we're driving down to it it's in South Jersey and one of the comedians is like oh yeah that guy we're all just talking you know sharing stories about like that person was insane that person was insane and this one girl goes uh, oh yeah that guy 
he was so unfunny and I was like yeah that is one of my closest friends <laughs> <laughs> I was like that is yeah you mentioned one of my closest mm -hmm. closest friends and then I was like and I agree I had I I did I was like I can see why right I can see I can absolutely see why mm -hmm. that person has good nights that person has bad nights mm -hmm. that person tries things that person you know like mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe they don't even prioritize comedy the same way like mm -hmm. other people do. But mm -hmm. like that was a weird experience. I was like, you really went like that. She was like, oh, I never thought he was funny. Ooh. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I had to be like, hey, that is I know that person. And I agree a little mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. Um was that don't talk about Bobby like that? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude. I, you know, I wish I could say that that thought didn't enter my brain. Oh yeah, you think I was just a fucking Machiavellian, just mm -hmm. like telling a story about you? It's really interesting. You. So, like, because you know, he's like this redheaded guy and talks yeah. a lot about history. You know, um, and I'm not saying this to to sound like oh, I'm super zen or whatever. But if I even heard like an audience member after a show be like that, Bobby Sheehan wasn't funny. I don't think it would hurt my feelings a little bit mm -hmm. because I know people feel that way. Yeah. Like a percentage of people. I mean, I see them. I see them not mm -hmm. laughing. I see yeah. them with their arms crossed. And you see them reacting better mm -hmm. to other people on the show to sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And it's all mm -hmm. um, that happened. I, I was hosting a show. The headliner was, you know, had the headliner hadn't gone up yet. And so it was me, uh, guest spot feature uh, headliner. Mm-hmm. And as I am bringing the headliner up, I was like, everybody give it up for your headliner. And he's coming on stage. And I hear, as the exchange is happening, I hear somebody in the audience go, finally, somebody funny. Ooh. And there was a reaction from the audience of like, whoa. Like, yeah. they all heard it. And the headliner didn't hear it. And I told him, like, after the show, I was like, by the way, like uh -huh. that. But that, that was one that, like, it just kind of hits you in the gut of, like, that was 30 minutes of comedy. And you were like, that person didn't like any, they didn't like me, they didn't like the other two people, um, but they're only there for the headline. It's understandable. Now, you don't have to say who the headliner is, but was the headliner famous? No, nah, uh, yeah, to a little, no, not like. Do you think the person famous, who famous. said that went there to see yeah. the headliner specifically? specifically? He's a draw. So they oh, were there to see him, and he doesn't come out for, you know, uh, maybe that person doesn't understand comedy shows. You have to have the warm ups mm -hmm. and stuff. So you can contextualize it after the fact and but in the moment i was like that was hurtful when i, I really tried hosting and they, they, they <laughs> did not they didn't like they didn't even think i was funny mm -hmm. that's crazy a, a big thing of hosting because i host a lot of um shows too that's what happens when you're really successful in comedy mm -hmm. they have you host yeah and uh um i've come to terms with like you're sort of a lot of the times you're not even seen as a comedian. As, yeah, yeah. After shows, people would be like, you were really funny up there. Have you ever thought about doing comedy? Yeah. I'm like, what do you think that it is that I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a professional comedy show host. Yeah. It's the <laughs> hardest job, mm -hmm. for sure. And well, I think like construction worker, soldier. And stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, surgeon. Mm -hmm. uh, Foot surgeon. Podiatrist. Yeah. There's two surgeon. bones in the feet. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there has to it's only two well some people have an extra bone in their foot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah uh penguins <laughs> uh hosting is the hardest thing mm -hmm. the hardest job on the comedy show yes and it's a lot it's kind of funny like i think i'm a good host i think you're a good host and good host is like you need to uh put your ego at the door put your material at the door mm-hmm 
And to be a good host is to answer the call of like, I'm going to make this show good, mm-hmm. which does not almost is not super related to I'm going to do well. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of the same, mm-hmm. but it's not the same goal. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who don't when they're like, oh, yeah, I'll host. And they just they're, they don't see that distinction mm-hmm. where it's like you need to put your ego down beneath the show and just it's, be like, I'm going to. Or and then there's some nights where we're like ah, I'm just gonna do I'm gonna do what I like mm-hmm. and fuck the show and then sometimes that works out <laughs> but yeah it's a it's a nuanced which I don't think a lot of hosts get it mm-hmm. and people who understand comedy get that like that hosting is and it's crazy how many even like comedians are just like yeah I just go up there and do my ten minutes of material and then I get off the stage and I host it mm-hmm. so, yeah that's not. Dude, I yeah, the, I, I don't think that's a job description. It blows my mind. People, are like, hey, welcome to the comedy show. So I was at the store the other day. Yeah, I'm like fuck, we're getting into it. Not dude. even telling them like the rules, mm-hmm. like uh, laugh, laugh, like please. <laughs> <laughs> I go up there for fifteen minutes. I'm like, please, please laugh, please laugh. I real, I need this, and that's hosting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> plead. I have a gun <laughs> in my bag, <laughs> and I will. Go postal. Uh, is, so you guys ready for a good comedy yeah. show? <laughs> There's 20 of you here, and I have 25 bullets, so I could shoot some of you twice. Dude, I had uh, I was hosting a show last night, and it was like pulling teeth. Yeah, and I fully lean into like it almost it almost sounds sarcastic, but I don't care. I just I I'm high energy the whole time. Yes. Yeah, I'm. Uh, my go to line is uh, we're an intimate crowd, but that doesn't mean we can't make love. Yep. Yeah. That works. Yeah. So I just, and uh, you said put your ego at the door. You do sort of feel like a stepdad that wants his stepkids to enjoy their first Christmas together. Yeah. It's when it's going energy. bad. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And kinda... fucking how long it took me to be like, you cannot get angry as the host. Yeah. yeah. You cannot get angry in mm-hmm. your set. Mm-hmm. I, dude, I've had some bombing as the host is, oh my God. Mm-hmm. I can think of two distinct. Mm-hmm. times yeah you think about it while you're trying to fall asleep at night yeah 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 and then <laughs> and then it makes like and then it kind of you get like the script not a script but at least like a okay i'm never gonna open like that yeah, yeah. the open is always like welcome everybody holy shit bah, 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 bah. Mm-hmm. even if you don't tell a joke for the first two minutes just mm-hmm. like getting everybody excited mm-hmm. um but yeah hosting hosting bombs are maybe the most painful because you have to keep going up and sometimes well, for me, I used to think this a lot. Now that I've had more experience, I give myself a break. But sometimes if the show is bad and I'm hosting it, I think I fucked up the whole show. Yeah. But now I, I know I'm like, I've done it enough. I'm like, I know how to do it. It's the yeah. it's the audience that is wrong. I will go on record as sometimes saying sometimes yeah. the audience is wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not their fault. No, and if, I think if you surveyed them at the end of the show mm-hmm. and you gave them like, why do you guys think that you didn't laugh? They it, they would have no idea. But it's it's undeniable mm-hmm. in the moment. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this audience is bad. This audience is good. Uh, and good and bad meaning like good means you react to jokes. We're mm-hmm. telling jokes that have gotten laughs. Mm-hmm. We're not going up there. Some people, you know, do. Some people do go up there with like shit that's like not good. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't do well. Mm-hmm. But like for the most part, in a New York City show, if people are paying admission, it's mm-hmm. like, a bunch of these comics have a bunch of jokes that have worked, mm-hmm. and that's why they tell them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and visitors to New York, like comedy, like friends of mine who are like, hey, Dan, we'd love to see a show. And I'm like, I'm not performing. Here's a club. Go to that club. 
It's, you know, of the rankings of the club. It's one of the better ones. Go there. You'll have a good time. And the amount of times they've been like, yeah, the, the, the comedians are just so mad at the audience for not being good. Really? Yeah. And because if it happens, th- that's something the audiences don't realize is comedians. None of us are watching the show. You have to assume that none of us are watching the show. Uh-huh. Com- audiences fucking hate it when comedians repeat things that have happened in the room. They're it's a weird reaction of like, she's a doctor. They already asked. Yeah. And then the comedian, like comedians are always like, Oh Jesus. Like, and it's wild to see how good some comedians are. It's like, did people already at, they'll say that. Like, mm-hmm. did somebody already address that she's a doctor? Some hosts do a whole crowd work report and send it to the group chat <laughs> because <laughs> dude, the worst uh, version of that, um, ever is, uh, I was hosting a show. I did crowd work. I did all crowd work. Yeah, I generally and do crowd, crowd work, work is, and I'd be interested to see how you feel about it. But crowd work is like they're not eating anything that I'm serving, so mm-hmm. I need to just do crowd work to just. just Here get comes the airplane. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. gonna find out where everybody's from and and who's out of town. Yeah, a lot of it is just to coax people into clapping. Yeah, I always think the even though it can sometimes feel cringy. Mm-hmm. When you know how they say if you're depressed, smile and you'll trick your brain into yeah, thinking yeah, you're yeah. happy. If the crowd is tight, you tr- you think of various reasons for them to clap their hands, mm-hmm. and then they'll be like, "Oh, I'm at a, I'm at a show right now. I'm at yeah, a show. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to have fun." Yeah. So I did. So I was bullying people into clapping. I was doing crowd work, mm-hmm. and then the first comedian. Uh, who she was in the room the whole time. It wasn't even like she wasn't in the room. Yeah. She's on her phone and um, she goes up and I swear to God, Dan does the same crowd work. Yeah. And when people have this thing of uh, she's a doctor, we already covered this. Yeah. She's like 10 minutes. Yeah. She, then she's sort of like, uh, well, you guys are idiots. Like she had that vibe. Yeah, She'd yeah, be like, yeah. "Where are you from?" And they'd be like, "I was just asked five minutes ago." Oh, is this a difficult question? Where are you from? I didn't yeah, yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, maybe if you weren't on Instagram for fucking ten minutes. Yeah. And then um, I actually murdered her after the show. They <laughs> never one found... of the bullets that yeah. I had <laughs> that I threatened the audience with earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I thought I was gonna have to use the gun on the audience, but I used it on one of the comedians. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating. Uh, what was the other the Oh yeah, audiences don't. Well, they so, hate Chinese performers too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, New York especially. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. something you got to know. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I'm if, not saying it's right. I'm saying it's what I've noticed. Listen, we're just we're just experts in the fields. Mm-hmm. I wish it wasn't that way, <laughs> but it is. Um, yeah, hosting is hosting is weird. Yeah, so like, and so a bad audience happens. Mm-hmm. One comedian can say you guys suck yes that's it mm-hmm. and a lot of comedians are not and we're we're so deep in the weeds on comedy like on comedy right now that it's like people listening to this would be like oh i thought it was just a like there's a whole social hierarchy and then uh people in the audience like not th- uh, immediately assuming that all the comedians know each other very well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a weird one mm-hmm. um immediately assuming that all the comedians are watching the rest of the show mm-hmm. that's a weird one um but in general in new york showcase shows if a second comic says to the audience you guys suck Mm -hmm. then that's it that's like really it's really difficult to come back if two different people Mm -hmm. have said like the first one's like oh you guys suck come on what are you giving like Mm -hmm. that's fun and playful the second time it's like really really difficult to come back from Mm -hmm. like the audience will be like 
why is the second person saying that we suck? Yeah, because the first one you're like, oh, that's their vibe. Yeah. You know? Or like, okay, uh, there there's a little bit of attention release from like Yes. Because there's an awkwardness of like I'm supposed to be laughing, but I don't feel like laughing. Yeah. You know and there's I mean? a way to do it, and the best comedians can like do it. <laughs> But that turn is like very difficult. Sorry, I have to get uh, my left ear keeps popping. Yeah, yeah, no, for like months. Uh, but I've been yeah, so yeah. fucking uh, busy with comedy stuff that um, uh, I do have a doctor's appointment though. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you promoting your doctor's appointment? Yeah, you know what, guys, if you have New York med- <laughs> Medicaid, this guy is open on Monday afternoons. That's all uh. I know about him so far. <laughs> he takes the insurance. Mm-hmm. I'm. He has a last name that makes me feel like he might be a native English speaker, which makes me nervous. <laughs> Doctors and Uber drivers, when they are native English speakers, yeah. I feel like that might be a bad sign. No, you want the top of the class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's a real, he, it sounds like he might be a real paisan. What's paisan? Is that an Italian slur? Yeah. Did you just say an Italian <laughs> slur to my face? Mm-hmm. 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 I just, yeah. I wanted to gauge whether you were cool or not. Yeah. And, and I, I'm getting the vibe that that class clown in uh in your high school oh uh, yeah yeah uh I feel like you're about to chew me out chew you out get real violent which is understandable since you're anti, italian. anti-italian yeah. sentiment mm-hmm. <laughs> uh it's so funny mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's been discussed and i i've tried to talk about it uh because it's it's a tricky one but okay here it is white people in america and this is the Taneshi Coates, like between the mountain and me, like one of the books uh-huh. that he uh, was really good. Uh, some, I think I butchered maybe the author's name and the title. Tassahani Coates. Tassahani Coates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is. Thank you for saving me. Yeah, I've never. It's one of those n- names I've never had to say out loud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tassahani. Yeah, Tassahani Coates. He the uh, one of the points in the book is that white is malleable. Like the identity of white mm-hmm. is not like, and the identity of black is malleable. Like mm-hmm. it's wild that. Like Africans and Dominicans are like, oh, they're both black. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that doesn't make any, there's nothing yeah. like, they're so distinct. Like, mm-hmm. um, and white is like, was like super malleable in the, in the 1900s mm-hmm. where Italians were not mm-hmm. white mm-hmm. and then they became white. Mm-hmm. And that movement is fascinating to me. And I think like endlessly, endlessly funny. Like white or Italians used to not be allowed to go to college mm-hmm. and there was like, it was only a couple people, but there were Italian internment camps during mm-hmm. World War II. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. a ton. Mm-hmm. It, and it's not to say that uh, it's even com- like comparable to the Japanese experience. Like, And so this is like uh, racism that Italians have felt is the lightest racism, mm-hmm. but it does like exist. And mm-hmm. the idea of Italians jumping from like sub white into white and it's like the lowest rung of white mm-hmm. is like endlessly endlessly fascinating me when did that happen mm-hmm. was it the godfather was it just the godfather <laughs> like was it ju- was it the sopranos is that when it happened like i sort of was it when pizza became like the like <laughs> pizza is food good. yeah yeah but soul food is good too and you know <laughs> <laughs> so it's not the food it's because the, good, the people with the good food are in the lower it's not music status. it's not food no. it's not athleticism yeah it's not athleticism mm-hmm. so what what made the italians make the jump and the irish too i'm italian and irish mm-hmm. which like is uh is both cultures that are like good to make fun of mm-hmm. and so all cultures are like good to you can make fun of anything like if it's done well but mm-hmm. i it, it happened in my grandfather's lifetime mm-hmm. that it, italians jumped from like 
you know, like, oh, we'd never hire you. And that's why they started the mob. That's why the mob existed was mm -hmm. like, you know, like angst and aggression and um, feeling, um, you know, like less than mm -hmm. and just not even be able to get jobs on the same rate that like other white people were. Mm -hmm. uh, when did that change? Like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. When did when did we get acceptance into into white? It almost feels like uh, um, hot take. uh Black people and Native Americans, they got it the worst in America. Yeah. This is an idea that I just thought of. Um, <laughs> and then everyone else got, when they came here. Yeah. And of course, the major difference is everybody else came here voluntarily. Yeah. You yeah, know, huge, or, huge diff. you know, yeah. obviously Native Americans. Were and here there's first. exceptions to every, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I feel like, uh, so those two groups, uh, they get, they ha have gotten it and do get it the worst. And then everyone else got hazed for a little bit. Ah, uh, you think it's like yeah. hazing? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I think you said light light racism yeah very light racism <laughs> yeah hazing it's a bit of hazing yeah 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 you know yeah because it was uh germans during world war one mm -hmm. it was like hey we got you know st louis might be that's why we have hot dogs yeah instead of frankfurters um it oh was it actually like it was that's like a freedom the, fry uh, situation was, yeah it was a freedom fry situation oh that's it's so funny that oh um that. sauerkraut apparently was there was an effort to make it a uh, freedom cabbage freedom cabbage. i promise that's not made up yeah that's so amazing and that didn't stick but i think you know what hot dogs stuck because frankfurter hard thing for people to say yeah hamburger not hard to say that's, so we kept hamburger that is really yeah that's wild mm -hmm. propaganda it's just like a new initiative like as part of the wartime effort mm -hmm. we're gonna be sending uh seven thousand tons of munitions mm -hmm. and we're gonna change the name of this sausage i remember uh so we're around the same age so we were both like uh teenagers when the the uh, Iraq war started in 2003 yeah. and I, without having the full understanding of course, but I was, uh, like pretty rah, rah, let's do it. Oh, I was so, isn't it wild looking mm -hmm. back on like, we were all, all in. We all got really we excited. We were all like bomb Iraq. Mm -hmm. I remember like a, uh, it was like on E-bombs world. Mm -hmm. Time was, to bomb Saddam. Yeah. There was a <laughs> bomb, 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 Iraq, mm -hmm. bomb, 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 bomb. And that was like just videos that we just watched. Like mm -hmm. it, it, the anti-Iraqi sentiment was it permeated everything and then now like there's uh you know like hey that was Bush you know and co like mm -hmm. pushing you know like mm -hmm. all of us and trying to make the connections and the connections didn't stink they were throwing like they were throwing different spaghetti at the wall it's like okay well mm -hmm. uh Saddam and Osama know each other okay they don't believe that okay uh, they actually uh have weapons of mass like they they mm -hmm. workshop different reasons for the the war mm -hmm. I do my my opinion on the Iraq war and I know everybody's wondering. Yeah. Uh is it's sort of uh confusing because I do think I do think Saddam had to be removed. Yeah. And I do think that we had to do it. Mm -hmm. But I do think it was a mistake to do it before we had a bigger coalition. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that France and Canada were like uh I don't know about this. Yeah. Even though I think they may have been wrong about mm. being trepidatious about it, I think uh, we should have waited. For, we should have had a bigger coalition so then it didn't feel like just America going mm. for his own interests. Because I do think Saddam is a bad guy, and at the risk of sounding like a neocon, I do think sometimes when bad shit's happening in the world, we do have to do something about it. Yeah, if it's in our interests also. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like that bad thing is like the Rwandan genocide. Well, but not we, in our interest. We didn't do it. the Rwanda genocide because yeah. uh, Bill Clinton straight up said this. He said because Black Hawk Down mm -hmm. went so terribly. Yeah, he saw the movie and he was like, "God, we can't, <laughs> have, 
<laughs> the, the runtime on that was so long. Just the idea of, of Bill Clinton learning. <laughs> Jesus, what? That happened? We lost two helicopters? Oh, my God. I thought the first one was bad. We lost a second helicopter on the same day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, wait, yeah, obviously, it's uh, nuanced. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, dude, Hotel Rwanda, dude, is such a... Uh, such a trip to watch. I had never watched it. It's a I great... read a bunch. I read three books on Whoa. Rwandan genocide. That is not yeah. the relationship people usually have with that with event. The Rwandan gen- Dude, I how about this? I recommended a Rwandan genocide book to like a guy who was like, I'm into like dark. I, mm-hmm. I'm into reading dark shit. Like mm-hmm. I'm reading books about serial killers. And I was yeah. like, well, there is a, a three book series on the Rwandan genocide. I was like, try that. And he mm-hmm. was like, I can make it through the first one. It was too much. Yeah, the movie is pretty crazy. Yeah. I want to read those books. I am fascinated by the fact that like as an outsider, like mm-hmm. I don't know about the Hutus and the Tutsis and the no. third ethnicity that I don't even remember the name uh, of. Yeah, poor guys. They, <laughs> got, they also were, you know, I've read three books on them. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Hutus, they're, they're, Tutsis. they're the gypsies of, uh, yeah. of the Rwandan genocide. I can't remember. The, Meaning they were the number two slaughtered, but no one remembers. Yeah, it was the third ethnic group in Rwanda. Hutu, Tutsi. Uh, fuck, I can't remember. I don't know if we have any listeners in Rwanda. But <laughs> we do have listeners in, in Africa, but I think it's an Egypt, South Africa situation. Okay, yeah. Those, yeah, those yeah. are the, if you have, if you're a podcaster and you have listeners in Africa, it's usually from one of those two places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So what were you saying about the Rwanda? Oh, I, I. Oh, we brought it up because because uh, Bill Clinton said good. he didn't want to intervene in Rwanda because, because of, of yeah, yeah, yeah. how badly because that was like a year or two before the Battle of Mogadishu mm-hmm. in Somalia. Yeah. Um, oh, the what? The twa. The twa. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, the twa. Dude, that's even a cool. Imagine being twa. That sounds cool. That's a cool name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that. Yeah. The the movie's really good. It's uh, oh, and I watched a uh, hotel Mumbai too. Okay, which I feel like gets. I watched the Grand Marigold Hotel. What is that? I can't remember. I thought it was like I thought it was a reference. I wasn't even sure about it. I was like, <laughs> I think this is gonna the Grand Marigold Hotel, the Grand something. And now I'm. Oh, oh, are, are you saying that's the name I'm of just, the hotel? I'm just saying like, oh, I watched a movie about a hotel. Oh, thing. okay. That was how I was trying to get it. That was that was the jump I was trying to make. That's I watched Hotel Hotel Mumbai, which was about the. Um, the attacks, I think it was in 2008 okay. in, in India, and yeah. it was um, Muslim extremists from Pakistan mm-hmm. because India and Pakistan have beef. Oh, do that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, like a bunch of people died, but we were, I feel like the West was like, but that's India. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Stuff's always happening in India and Pakistan. Yeah. There was a uh, Bali, uh, like the Indonesian, like, because that's my wife is Australian. So they're like, oh, Bali bombings. Like, that's like a, a known thing for them. And I'd be like, I'd be shocked if there are many Americans who mm-hmm. knew, like, in Bali, there were bombings. Yeah. Like, and where's Bali? Like, mm-hmm. it's just that's their kind of like they keep their eyes on the terrorist attacks over there, and we're just kind of yeah. And it's crazy that I I spent. That's how I want to relax. Is I watch oh, yeah. movies based on war. Yeah. Uh, Holocaust documentaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, just while you're eating like a pint of ice cream. Yeah. Laying Mark, in bed. Mark Twain documentaries. That's like my wife came home. Uh, to like me. It was like, oh, my wife's going to be out. And it was a two-part. It was the, I mean, the Ken Burns, like, mm-hmm. Mark Twain documentary. And that's like, she was like, I, what is that? And that's like an Australian mm-hmm. who doesn't know Ken Burns and doesn't know Mark Twain. I was like, I don't know even know where to start <laughs> explaining to you who Ken Burns is, who made mm-hmm. the movie, or who Mark Twain is, mm-hmm. who fucking wrote, you know, a bunch of books. Mm-hmm. Um, that it It is wild. Uh 
hit uh hitler i read mm. hitler uh mm. like, yeah nazi mm. books mm. not nazi books but like rise and fall of the third reich mm -hmm. uh bloodlands mm -hmm. like atrocious it's really and it freaks people out 100 mm. percent. Yeah. yeah uh how and i'm like I, when you find out the casualty figures of like world war ii is like why why don't it's like 20 million Russians died. Mm -hmm. That's separate Holocaust. Like 20 mm -hmm. million Chinese people died. Mm -hmm. Like these, it's like, why would you read about anything else? It's the biggest thing that's ever happened. And it's, it's, um, whenever I think of, uh, war in general, yeah. I'm like, that's how bad things can get. Yeah. You know, like it's, uh, and it's all. It's competing ideologies, but I feel like a lot of times it's just like a, f a failure to communicate. Yeah. Like you ever like almost on a on a macro level, it's like when you have two f when you introduce two friends and they're just not vibing. Yeah. But that happens with like nation states. Yeah, people. And then a bunch of teenage boys die. Yeah, that was why. Like, cause I think and I think people looked at January sixth differently. Like that, I had a full blown panic attack when January sixth happened. I, I had I had to call my brother and I was mm -hmm. like, "Can you?" He was in the neighborhood. I was like. Can we just like go for a walk? Mm -hmm. And he was just like, yeah, I don't understand. And I was like, this is not far away from a coup. Like yeah. coups happen like this. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading like a short story about like, I don't even know if it, I think it was fictionalized, but like based on a coup in Africa. And it was like, yeah, they got on the radio and they just told us that the military was in charge. Like the, the, um, the Myanmar, uh, coup mm -hmm. is like, there's a reporter is Burma. Uh, the, the, there's a reporter who's just like, yeah, you know, like, uh, weather's pretty good and you see the tanks yeah. in the background <laughs> and they're on their way to a coup. Mm -hmm. It's like coups are, it's not like everybody, like coups just happen. Yeah. And that's a wild, like the Russian revolution mm -hmm. was Stalin, mm -hmm. a boat mm -hmm. and a couple thousand soldiers in Moscow. Mm -hmm. And that's a, you know, the communist regime, like it, it wasn't that many people. Mm -hmm. It was the right place, right time. There's maneuvering and stuff. There's Trotsky. There's, but the Russian revolution was like, that was just a thing that people read about is like, wait, hang on. It's over. Like it's a full new system of government. Mm -hmm. Like it's overnight. And so that's, I think that people in history, and that's why I get freaked out about like global warming is cause like, okay, we don't like uh post cold war. Like, Hey, you know, things are pretty good. Uh, the spike in war deaths with Palestine, with Ukraine is like, I remember seeing a graph that was like, here's how many people died. Here's how many people died in wars, like in the 1900s, mm -hmm. 40s, it goes way up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously like 70s and 60s, like Korean War and 80s, like post-Cold War, you just see this dip and then you see a spike again. And like, that's Ukraine and Palestine. It's a little spike relative to the amount of war deaths that have ever been happening. But mm -hmm. it's like, if you, if you like, if you want a destabilizing force, yeah, global warming is like, well, you guys aren't getting along great right now. And what if I told you there's going to be less food? Mm -hmm. There's going to be less places to live. But wait, there's more. Yeah, there's like you didn't get. And that's, I think, a like reading books about the Russian Revolution, mm -hmm. which is the most confusing, mm -hmm. most terrible. It was just like the, the government just stopped existing. And then there's three war. I was like, that's it's it's really close to happening. Yeah. Like, obviously, the Russian system wasn't super robust it was like author authoritarian rule you remove the authoritarian like there's mm -hmm. a gigantic vacuum and there'd be less of a vacuum mm -hmm. in the u.s but it's like we're all really like every nation is uh just a you know bad election away from uh really a a a drop in quality of life that is mm -hmm. like unimaginable like the in the lead up to 
like Hitler's invasions and stuff, Berlin was like popping. It was like a great place. You know, they're they're scooting the Jews aside, like, and there's like light Holocaust happening. Mm-hmm. But it's a little light Holocaust. Yeah, but it was like business was booming. Everybody was like vibing, and then that city was leveled <laughs> in like five years. Like, uh, so I think that's what history gives you. The context is like, hey, things can get very. We're in a weird thing where we're in a weird time where things have gone amazingly like really fucking good mm-hmm. for a, uh it's been a you know short historical time but it's like there's not really like the dark ages happened after Rome. like the idea that like oh progress is just non-stop baby it's like it's just a beautiful upward path it's like no it can take like i think we're heading for a dip is what i'm saying mm-hmm. and i think most people would be like anybody's paying attention would be like yeah no things aren't going uh great mm-hmm uh, yeah, to look into the future and be like, it's all up from here, baby. It's like, I don't have that. I don't have that view. I'm not wired to like look that way. And I think I've re- we've, we've both read enough history to know like, ah, there's some red blinking lights uh, on all of this stuff. So this is a comedy podcast, but <laughs> that's how I feel. Would you say you're not a morning person? <laughs> We got five minutes left, so I should. Oh wow, five minutes! I, we blew through it, dude. Oh uh, yeah, I gotta, whole, I gotta ask because you, podcast, the yeah. whole premise—it's it's a loose premise, and the listeners know yeah. that by now. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious because you did say so. You have a wife who's from Australia, and wife she's Australian, a morning she's person. She's a morning person, mm-hmm. thrives in the morning. Thrives. Does more by eight a.m. than I'll do until noon. Really? Probably. Yeah. Okay. I have uh, hit people who have tried to wake me up. Before, okay, okay. <laughs> completely unconsciously, I get into such a deep uh, sleep. I could probably sleep for twelve hours mm-hmm. if I were to go to sleep tonight and like I did like a real big run. Like I gotta like tire myself out, but I could mm-hmm. sleep for 10, 12 hours. I'm the same. I could. I set an alarm the next morning, even if I have nothing to do that day. Yeah, don't have anywhere to be because I will sleep. I think my record is something crazy, like 15, 16 hours. Yeah, on multiple alarms. Alarm one goes off, mm-hmm. and that's just to get me a little bit out. Because mm-hmm. then alarm two comes along, and that's the one that's like, okay, here is a go. And then sometimes I'll be like, I am my first, you know, the first thing I have to do is until like 30 minutes from now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to set a 29 minute. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> and my wife is just like, the, uh, hitting snooze is like the worst thing for you in mm-hmm. all the studies. And I'm like, I'm not human yeah. until 10 a.m. Oh, I am a fucking caveman who is just like, just at the amoeba level of existence. Like mm-hmm. I react to light. Like I don't even have a, a conscious thought until 1 p.m. Probably. Okay. <laughs> I like left to my own device. I, I took some time off from stand up. So like I'm on like a week, two week hiatus. And now I can like function in the morning. But like with stand up, I mean, I am. It is lost hours in the morning uh-huh. usually. Yeah. And good to good. You know, kudos to people who can keep a routine and stuff. But like stand up is so routine shattering mm-hmm. like all the time that. Uh, I'm never, I'm not a morning person. Yeah. It's, it's hard, uh, to have a routine, uh, when you do stand up because yeah. you, you're a freelancer basically. And, uh, to some level, uh, beholden to the whims of crazy comedy club owners. Yeah. So <laughs> really, really crazy people in a way that most regular people would be like, I can't believe that someone like that exists. Mm-hmm. Like, no, he, he exists. And, 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 
to be fair, most of them are cool, but you remember the not cool ones. And yes. you remember the eccentric ones and, dare I say, the crazy ones. Yes, there are some wonderful people mm-hmm. who book uh, comedy clubs. All the ones that book me, they're amazing. The ones that don't book me, watch out I've for I've heard them. rumors. Watch out. Yeah, there's rumors about the people that don't book me. So you're a coffee guy, too. Oh, my God. Huge coffee guy. How much coffee do you drink a day? Uh, at least two cups. Oh, yeah. That's my that's my vibe as well. Two yeah. cups in the morning, and then I try, unless I really need an emergency Diet Coke midday, Yeah, I'll try it because I'm very, I need caffeine. I'm addicted to caffeine. I'll get a headache if I don't drink them. Yep. But I'm sensitive to it as well. Yeah. So dark outside, no caffeine. Oh, I'm a 2 p.m. I shut caffeine off at 2 p.m. Oh, if I smart. drink cap, uh, coffee after 2 p.m., I'm up until 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. That's like... That's just my body. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah. It's interesting that uh, uh, your 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 wife and you are like polar opposites in terms of oh yeah of that. Uh, has it led to tension or she's just like yeah? It's gotten better now, but like a a point of and we're good at like squash and beef mm-hmm. pretty much immediately. It's not going to be a biggie two box situation. Yeah, she is a psychologist, so there's like even if. I wanted to avoid it. Uh, mm-hmm. Like she just has too many tools to just like, <laughs> get at me. Uh, and I recognize that that's a healthier way to live, but like I'm a, you know, uh, a walls person. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting home at fucking at night mm-hmm. after comedy. I don't know how more, well, I guess the, the divorce rate for comedians is high, but like getting home at night, the other person is already asleep. Yeah. That's every night. Every night that I do stand up, I come home and my wife is already asleep. That's like, fucking stepping on tiptoes trying to slide into the bed in a way that doesn't wake her up like Mm -hmm. so that's just that is something that i was like wow they really it's every night i Mm -hmm. have to navigate the situation that's like a big part of it yeah um but if uh if people want to slide into your bed so to speak yeah um digitally (laughs) yeah we reached the end of our time, Dan. So mm-hmm. can you drop your social media and anything you want to plug for that? Yeah, Dan Pozzello, Instagram, mm-hmm. all the other platforms suck. Yeah, I'm a big Instagram guy too. So follow Dan Pozzello on Instagram. You got anything? It's gonna it's gonna come out. Oh, it's gonna come out tomorrow. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Bobby. Thanks for doing it, Dan. I love you. Love you too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got me. I remember, folks, early to bed, early to rise. I'm so shaken by our expression of love. <laughs> early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. <laughs> I'm just playing night owls. You know I love you. Thank you.